All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right, what's happening, people? Jono here, and I've actually brought a little friend with me this week. You um, you may have seen her around in some of my Facebook Lives. You may get the, the odd email from her. It's our sales and marketing manager, Claudia Lee. Claudia, how are you? Oh, I'm awesome, Jono. What about yourself? Yes, I'm great. And just to um, let everyone know, don't worry, Claudia is not going to be the guest. We've got a, a much better and, and um, more experienced and um, just all around better guest. But I thought I would bring uh, Claudia on because actually I'm going to hand it over to you. Why did I bring you on here, Claudia? Jono, you brought me on because we've got a Black Friday promo this week and you want me to tell our audience about it. Oh, yes. Good idea. What uh, I, I'm not a huge, I, um, yeah, tell us, tell us about it. So Black Friday is pretty much where everything and anything goes on sale. And I thought um, Fitness Education Online would jump on board as well and discount. Actually, I'm not going to tell you what the discount is. You have to read my email. <laughs> okay, cool. And um, all right. And why don't we put the uh, the link down in the, the show notes, Claudia? Yeah. So it's a huge discount. It'd be like a quarter of the price for well, well did, you, did you say a quarter? A quarter. Did I, I didn't sign off a quarter of the price. You're giving a 75% discount? Yeah, I'm giving them a 75% discount, yeah. Did I sign off on this? No. That's what oh. the email says, um, Jono, don't fire me. So, <laughs> I'm risking my job for this. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're listening to this, sign on now because uh, if I get a minute and check, I'm taking that discount off. So I'll honor it for the, the next couple. Well, how long is this discount on for? Until Friday, because okay. I wanted to drop on early. Instead of just promoting on Friday, it will give you the whole week. But when it hits Friday midnight, I'm taking it off. Oh, of course. Black Friday. Yes, that makes sense. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll put the, just check out for Claudia's uh, email uh, either today or yesterday and check out the show notes. Anyway, let's get to uh, today's guest. Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I am super excited because we have a very special guest all the way over in Missouri. I didn't even know where that was before I, I met this person, but but now I know. A uh, little bit about this person. She's been in the fitness industry for over 35 years. I, I think she must have started the fitness industry because I- I'm pretty I'm not, sure I did. <laughs> I, I don't think it existed in Australia 35 years ago anyway. Uh, she's been running boot camp for over 20 years. Now, she definitely started the, the boot camp industry in the fitness sense anyway. It may have been a, a military thing previously, but in terms of a, a fitness boot camp, I think Laurie uh, started that term there with her Boot Camp Challenge. Uh, so she's the owner of Boot Camp Challenge, which has over 20 locations in over 10 different states. Uh, I don't even think we have 10 states in Australia. So um, <laughs> that's a pretty good effort there. She's an army veteran herself. She's a wife. She's a mother. She's a lover of life, as you can probably tell with her, her energy. She's a global ambassador for the Women in Fitness Association. And she's a really, really cool person. So without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Ms. Lori Patterson. Lori, how are you? Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I love that intro. It just 
made my heart smile. I just, <laughs> you're just so kind. Thank you well, so much. No, well, thank you for being here. And you've, you've done a lot in the industry. I know it's Veterans Day over there in the USA. So I know it's you being a veteran. It's a big thing to be on this podcast at this time here. So thank you. Laurie, I like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for us? Yes, I will say to all of you, all of you fitness professionals, no matter what obstacles are coming at us, especially this year and moving forward, you have to continue to use your voice to share with your community, with your campers, um, with anybody involved in your in your um, fitness programs, um, you have to continue to share your gift because there's never been a time in, in our lives where what we have to share will save lives. You have to keep talking. Yes, it's it's one of those things, right? It's like we, we can't go in the poor me now and the gyms are closed or, you know, we can't run group classes. Like this is when people need our services more than ever. Let's not let them down when they need us more than ever, right? It was easy in the good times. Now's the yes. times people need it. Let's get creative. So love that. Uh, now, Laurie, we're going to do a two-part podcast because there's two things that you do. There's probably many things that you do that are amazing, but the two that will, will really stand out to my audience, I think, are your story of how you went from zero to 20 boot camp locations. So I'd love to cover that in this first um, podcast here. And then maybe 30, 40 minutes in, we might hit stop. Uh, the people listening on the podcast, you got to wait till tomorrow or, or next week or till we launch the next one. And then we'll talk about how you've managed to pivot, Laurie, because it's hard enough a lot of training is listening to this being like, man, I got one boot camp and 20 clients. How do I get this online? If <laughs> you've done it with 20 clients and probably hundreds or, or thousands, sorry, 20 locations and hundreds or 20, uh, hundreds or thousands of clients, you probably know a, a trick or two there. So what I think we start with, I'm going to hand it over to you uh, and let us know your story. Start where you want to start and let us know how you got to where you got to here in, in give or take 30 minutes. And I'll, I'll jump in if I see a point, but I'm happy just to hand it over to you and, and let us know your story. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for this opportunity. And I do talk a lot, Jono, and fast. So please jump in at any time if you see any questions. So I do want to start with my origin story only because that's the origin story of Boot Camp Challenge. And you're right. I came into the industry in 1984. So what is that? 30, 36 years ago, uh, working at a health club, was going to university, hated university, woke up one morning and decided to go join the army. Just literally woke up like, I'm going to go join the army and uh, went in and I was stationed over in Germany and in the winters were not permitted to train outside and within the United States military, at least the army, you have to take a PT test. Um, you have to take two a year. Anyway, my commander said to me, um, well, let me ask you, John, am I, a, can I say a cuss word on here or no? Yes, you're good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I always like to ask first. And so, um, it was winter time and I was working for the battalion commander and he said to me, Hey, don't you teach that aerobic shit? And I said, I do. And he said, all right, you're going to take all the troops and you're going to take them into the motor pool and teach them aerobics. So imagine a garage. I'm not sure what that looks like in Sydney, but it's all concrete and imagine it huge. And I had 300 troops in cadre and I was doing high impact aerobics. So if any of you have ever YouTube, the history of aerobics go all the way back to the, the thong leotards and the, um, the leg warmers and us jumping up and down. That is what I was teaching 300, uh, army, um, cadre and officers, and they absolutely hated it. Uh, they fussed about it, but they had to come. And, uh, so after, 
after that winter month, when we all took our PT test, we all did so well. So my commander asked if I would continue to do that. And, and I had no idea, I think back then, so that was like in 1986, uh, 87, I got to Germany in 87 and I had no idea that that would be the foundation of a fitness program decades later. I had no idea. And so, um, I left the military, met my husband there. Um, we came back to the States, got married, went to university. And when I was at university and this time I was excited to go, I was ready to learn. And while I was there, my side hustle was fitness because back in the late eighties, early nineties, it what there was no opportunity to be full-time. You either owned a club and, and then if you own the club or you did sales and you taught group exercise, their personal training didn't exist into the, to the early to mid nineties. And um, so I just did it part-time while, while I went to school. And then we finished university, moved back to St. Louis, Missouri, which is, is my hometown and um, started a family, uh, ended up having three children. And at one point, my husband finally said, why don't you just do fitness as your full-time jam? Um, and, and I didn't, so we decided to do that. Now personal training existed. Um, I actually started, well, when I started Bootcamp Challenge, group training existed. I started presenting and certifying fitness professionals. So there was a way to earn a living doing in this industry while raising my family and really creating my, the perfect life for me. And moved into a, a health club. The owner um, asked me to come on board and um, I, at that time I was running a group exercise department and I had no budget. There was no money for me. And the owner asked me to do a, a program and I had no idea. I'm like, what am I, I don't know anything. What am I going to do? So the only two things I knew were army, U S army and fitness and wellness. So I created a program and launched it. I don't even know what it was first called. I can't even remember. It was uh, 19 years ago and it was early morning. It was 6am, which now we're at even 5am or even earlier, it was 6am. And I uh, added the value of personal training, put a price on it. And it was just a, a wild success. And again, I'd like to say that I had the vision to know that this was going to happen. No idea. I was just trying to scrape together some money to get my instructors and continuing ed money and some equipment for my, my gym members, my customers. Um, and it proved a huge success. And not only was it a huge success for the club and allowing me to create a budget for my department, but it was also great for our customer because at this point, personal training was just coming up. So there was group exercise, which was free. And then personal training, which back then was expensive. I think we were only charging 40 or $50 an hour. And so what was great is that my program, we'll call it bootcamp challenge. I, don't, I think I might've called it basic training back then, kind of sit in the middle. So you would have the added value of personal training, but without the price, because there was a whole group of people. So that's how bootcamp challenge started. And then as I continued to launch, I would learn and try new things. And then at one point I wanted to increase the, the, um, the revenue. And I thought, well, if I'm going to increase revenue, I have to add a value. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to up my prices. And so then I added uh, nutrition. So nutrition was just touched on. And then I really integrated into the program. Um, and then it became this huge success. So that's actually how it started in St. Peter's, Missouri, out of necessity of me needing a budget for my group exercise instructors and an option for our gym members and our customers to have uh, a program uh, that provided some accountability um, without the same price tag as one-on-one -on -one personal training. So while I'm doing this and raising my babies, um, I'm presenting, I'm traveling over all over the United States. 
And as I would move into gyms, I would, I got excited. Cause I'm thinking, well, if I'm doing boot camps, everyone's doing boot camps. Well, no one was doing boot camps. And I'd say, Oh, Jono, are you doing boot camps? And he's like, no, what is that? And every time I go, they would say, Oh, wow, you should train us. You should sell this. You should teach us this. What are you doing? And I was like, oh, hell no. I have three babies. I'm running a club. I was running a, a company um, to launch corporate fitness. And, and it just wasn't in my, my vision at that time. And uh, so I kept traveling. And then I, I went to, uh, I don't know. So it was 90, it was 06. I guess it was maybe 04. Went out to California for a huge conference. And I just got asked over and over again. So I came home and I said to husband, I said, Hey, what do you think if I just package this up? We'll, we'll license the program. And then any fitness professional that wants a large group training program, they don't have to start from scratch. We can be their support system. Um, I was thinking about doing it, but it's going to take all the money in our savings account, which was $10,000 at the time. That's all we had. And he looked at me and he goes, you absolutely have to do it, which shocked me because I was like, oh shit. Like then now it's, now it's like go time. It's execute time. And so I did. So I reached out to a bunch of attorneys. I also actually reached out to a lot of people in our industry. At that time, anyone who had a franchise or a license, I called. Only one or two called me back, but I called every single one of them. And I just wanted their opinion on on their business model and how did they do it and would they do it again? And what was their initial investment? What was the return? You know, all these things that you just don't know going in. Maybe one or two called me back. Um, and then spoke with my attorneys and I decided to license the program. And my original thought was, and again, no intention to grow it globally, or I guess we, we're not in Canada anymore. We were in Canada, but as you say, in the continental US. And that was, you know what? This is going to be my give back to this industry that's been so great for me. It's allowed me to raise my children, to serve a community that I'm passionate about. Um, and I'm going to package it up, license it up. And any fitness professional that wants, wants it, it's going to be out there. And that was literally how it started. It was my give back. And then kind of the same thing. And, and I had six years of Intel. So I had been launching it here for six years and we grew from one club to 10 clubs. Um, and so I really thought that I had a good SOP or standards of operating procedure, we call it in the army, um, to, to really get started. So I did. And then I started licensing the program. And originally it was just for fitness professionals or individual fitness professionals. I didn't want to sell it to gyms. Um, um, and then they kept asking and they're like, well, why can't we have it? And so I was like, okay. So then I started selling it to gyms and, and during this time of growing the business, excuse me, um, I had to grow my team as well. I, I don't know sales. I don't come from the world of sales. So I had to create a sales team, hired a sales manager who was just extraordinary. Um, and, and, and our, and our internal corporate company really grew. Um, so that was interesting too. I didn't, didn't have the vision that that was going to happen. And so as we grew and our licensing grew, so did our program. And then also, so did our expenses, our payroll and what started to happen. So we did this business model for 06 to, uh, 2016, what are we at? Oh, I guess it was 10 years. And, and that was selling the license. And then there was a point where my accounts receivable, my accountant would send me and 
each month there would be $11,000 that were still owed to me that, that what people owed to me that they weren't paying, you know, $15,000, $20,000. And when you're a small business, you know, running on a shoestring budget, that's a lot of money. And I still had to pay my staff. So I wasn't able to tell my staff, Hey, I didn't get paid this month. So I'm not going to be able to pay you. Um, and so that was really hard. So we did that for a couple years, which I learned some lessons from that, which I'll share with this group. Um, if you ever decide to do this on your own, I I got some things to definitely not do and some things to do. And so after, so we were wrapping it around and then I looked at my husband and I said, this is not a sustainable business model. And, and I'm not saying that there aren't times that are challenging and you're going to have ups and downs, but when you are continually pouring in your own money to run an organization, and I guess it's your own value system. I guess if you have unlimited refunds, we don't are unlimited funds and we, we don't. And so we decided to pivot the company and now we are what I call just a, a corporate owned. So now all of the trainers work direct for me. So we kind of like, if you can think of like a McDonald's business model with the franchisor and franchisees, uh, we were licensees to a Starbucks. That's that you know, you have one Starbucks owner and then they operate all of them. So that's the model that we went to. Um, so now everybody that comes in line works directly for me. Uh, we still have licensees out there in other states uh, and we still service them and we'll continue to service them forever. Um, but I no longer have a sales team out trying to, you know, to sell the license. And it's been awesome. So that was a pivot. So we've had we've pivoted several times. And of course, COVID, which I know we'll talk about later. So so that was a really big pivot for us. Um and it's been and it's been awesome. Learned a lot of lessons from that, um, and feel freaking amazing that still here and and finding success not only with with the business but again um, still growing with the fitness professionals and then growing our community, our campers as a whole. Yes. Wow. Okay. What a story. I'm gonna go back to the start and just ask some questions and and summarize some of this. So. And for everyone listening, watching, I, I really focus on this because here in Australia anyway, I think that uh, one in three personal trainers or fitness professionals are out of the industry within the first three years, right? I don't know what the average, I think the average lifespan of a PT is maybe three to five years or something. Laurie's been in it for 35 years or 36 years. So there's some principles here where if you do want to be in it for that long, these are some of the things you, you want to focus on. Now, even from the start, Laurie mentioned, you know, you go to a gym, group fitness was free, personal training is high end. It's actually, I'm going to say it hasn't really changed that much in, in that time. If you go anywhere now, it's like, okay, you can sign up for a gym for five, 10 bucks a week or something and usually get the group fitness for free. Personal training now, you're probably playing in Sydney anyway, maybe 80 to $100 an hour, whereas you can have that boot camp model, which sits in the middle. So for anyone watching this, if you're thinking, well, hold on, where does boot camp fit in the game? I still think that's where it fits. It's like, there's going to be people that need more than just a group fitness class, but mm -hmm. don't don't need or all the all the one-on-one -on -one personal training may be out of their budget that's where boot camp fits in there so i think that's an important start point when we're talking about boot camp um and then john can i just uh, add on to that one more thing as far as the the boot camper our customer also uh they might want the added value of personal training they want the assessments and the nutrition and the the workout space and science but they do like a group they mm, like that camaraderie yes, of point. a group and that energy. That's so that's another yep. reason. Actually, that's one of the number one reasons that my cus that's what they say. They love being in a group. 
Yes, that's another good point. And we'll even spend a, a minute there because that's me. I get bored training with just one person. I like to right. go and meet people, hang out with other people. I like to do partner. Like if you tell me to do push-ups for a minute, I'm bored. But if I've got a group of me and it is, I do it for a minute, then you do for a minute, or we need to get to 100 as a team, all of a sudden now it's fun and I like it. So I think that's important. And that's another big thing of, of boot camp where it's like, and coming from the military, I'm sure you'll you'll sort of agree with this as well. It's like boot camp shouldn't just be a group fitness class where you're all doing bicep curls together or you're all doing shoulder presses together. There should be some sort of team or some sort of community or or some sort of partners there. So I think that's another big point of boot camp there. Coming from the military, would you agree with that? A hundred percent, General. Thank yeah. you so much for bringing that up because that is uh, going back to the start of boot camp challenge. When I said, I only knew the army and I only knew fitness. That's what I took from the army. I took yeah. camaraderie. Yeah. I took accomplish the miss accomplish the mission. Yeah. No man or woman left behind ever. Yeah. So like in our program, it well now it's different because you're in your living room, but if we're yeah. together, there was always a group of two or more yeah. um, the accountability aspect yeah. Um, yeah, so those are the very fundamentals from the U S army that I took, which is another reason why I really believe I'm still here. Mm. Why boot camp challenge is this old? Because it's those fundamentals. The added value is great, and that's how we earn a revenue. But it's yeah. these components, characteristics, and values that we put into the program that keep our camper to continue to come back. And that's they feel it. like they're they feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. Which, when you're in the army, and that's what's crazy too. People think that about the army that they just you know rip you apart, they drag you down. They don't. When you go into basic training for eight weeks, what they do is they say, you're, yes, you're Lori, but you're this. And this whole team is now what you are a part of. And we all succeed together or we fail together. So we have to have the same mindset, the same vision, the same motivation to move forward. So definitely the component of a successful boot camp program. Love it. And the way I look at that, the others, the value adds, yes, you need them, right? Or I'm not going to say you need them. They're going to make your program better or, or going to be able to, to charge a few or give you a few more dollars. But if you don't have that basics, doesn't matter how many nutrition plans or eBooks or online challenges you do. If you don't have that basics, you won't be able to move forward. So I, I love that. I love how you also launched and learned. It wasn't like, all right, I did one boot camp and it didn't work. So this is never going to happen again, right? It's I'll do one. Okay. What was good? What was bad? Let's let make my next one better. Okay, cool. Did another one. What was good? What was bad? Let's make my next one better. And I think there's two things there. I think first one is just experience. You're probably going to suck on your first one, right? If someone's doing your first ever boot camp, you've never done it before. You're probably going to be bad at it. You probably don't know sales and marketing. So no one's probably going to have a handful of people there that are your friends because they feel sorry for you, right? But, but you, you keep going at it, but also you keep learning and getting better because the other thing is, all right, hey, I did it and I got 10, 20 people. And I'm just going to do the same thing again, and then the same thing again, and then the same thing again. If you're not constantly getting better and improving, it's probably going to die out because other people, there's other people coming up, competitors, online, all these other things who probably are getting better. So I think it's important to do that. Uh, and then the value add as well. You know, Laurie was like, okay, hey, I've got to get some more revenue in here. I've got to make a few more dollars. You know, I don't just want to say, hey, he's the exact same thing for more money. You know, hey, he's the exact same thing for more money, but you also get this, 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 and this. And I think it's a, a good point with, especially with fitness professionals as well. Cause I think there's two sides to this as well. I think a lot of the time, a lot of fitness professionals will have value adds, but they don't necessarily communicate them. You know, you may be a boot camp instructor 
And, you know, someone may say, hey, can you write me some exercise to do, to do at home? And you might just go and do that. You know, someone might say, hey, have you got any you know, healthy recipe ideas? Yeah, hey, here's some of mine. And you might just give it away. And I'm not saying giving away is a bad thing, but maybe you can structure that into your prices, you know, where at the moment you're charging, I don't know, 30 bucks a week for the five sessions and you, you give out the odd program here and there, give out the odd nutrition tip here and there. Maybe you can say, hey, it's $50. Uh, you get your sessions and you get a home program. And you get my basic nutrition guidelines and you get my clean eating recipe ebook. So good way to, to think of value there. Uh, another thing I, I love how you did is you called other franchise owners for advice. And I love how you said only one or two called you back because I think it's uh, a lot of people may be intimidated there. You know, oh, what if I call this person and they don't call me back or they don't answer or they think I'm a loser or they think I'm pathetic? Who cares? Go and do it. If, if they don't answer, you haven't lost anything, right? If they do answer, you end up like freaking Laurie with 20 locations <laughs> over, over 10 states. So, you know, a lot of the time it's, it's just, actually, I might ask you that question there. How, how did that, how was that for you? Did you just have the mindset where, Hey, I'm going to call these people. And if they don't answer, I don't care. Or were you just so driven that you're like, I I'm doing this. I, I don't care. Like, these, I, I can call 10 people, nine of them tell me to F off. If that one person gives me advice, it was worth it. H how do you go into, how did you go into that? That was exactly my mindset. And, you know, this is prior Google. I think Google was 06. Mm. So this was like 04 or 05. So I, I couldn't Google how to start a franchise that wasn't available. And so I thought, well, who better than those that started it? Um, and so, yeah, I just called any, anybody. And I, I got to tell you, you know, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm bold and I love me a lot. But I also am humble when it comes to to information mm. and not knowing something. And I yeah. I will ask anybody if 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 you if I need information, I'm I've always been curious too, not just with business, but with everything. And I'm a question, I love asking questions all the mm. time. And so yeah, actually I had no fear at all. I just called them all. And and I, I thought that they maybe didn't come at well, one, maybe they didn't have time Two, they didn't, they didn't want to create a competitor, yeah. um, which I'm, I'm complete opposite. All yeah. of you on here could go start your own franchise. And I will tell you everything I did wrong and everything I did right. Because I just feel like there's like, if we all were wildly successful, mm. we would have enough clients until the day we died. Like, like there is so much work out here for us to do. So I never think of famish. I always think of plenty. Um, and so, yeah, so I was curious. I needed answers. I, I had never done this before. I didn't have a path. And I thought, well, I'm going to ask those that have done it. And that's how I always feel mm. about anything. Go to where, go ask questions to the people that are where you want to be. Mm. That's where you start. Instead of asking someone that's sitting next to you, they're mm. not going to know either. They're all going to have an opinion, but you need to go, you know, if you want to run a network, call Oprah. I don't know if she's going to call you back, but why wouldn't you call, you know? Yeah, yeah. You always have to go to, so no, I had no fear and I thought I need answers. I got things to do. And yes, I was passionate. And um, for me, again, going back to the military, one of the characteristics in one of my day, you know what, you're on a mission and you do it till mm. the mission's complete. Mm. So that was my mindset. Love it. And I think that's a good mindset with any business. You know, here's what I want to do. I'm going to find a way to do it. All right. I'm going to try this thing. Okay. That didn't work. You know, I'm going to try another thing. You know what? That didn't work. I'm going to try another thing. And there's only so many things you can try before you, you actually find the thing that works, you know, and it's, right. it's funny. It's, it's probably similar to a lot of clients, you know, like, oh, I want to lose weight. I've tried everything. All right. What have you tried? Oh, I went to the gym. Okay. What else have you tried? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did this one diet. 
Okay. I hate carrots. (laughs) You've tried one or two things the same over and over again, you know? So, you know, maybe there's there's more out there. But I love um where am I gonna go with this? There's a couple things. So I love how you've you've talked about questions because my opinion, there's no such thing as a dumb question. Agreed, a hundred percent. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask, Mm -hmm. right? And that's something I found with myself as well. You know, if I'm in a room with 20, 30, 100 other people. I used to be scared to ask a question. Oh, everyone's going to think I'm dumb. You know, who cares what they think? And and you know what? If I don't answer that question, I probably am dumb and I'm going to stay dumb. But at least <laughs> at least if I ask that question, okay, maybe they're going to think I'm dumb, but now I'm no longer dumb because I know the answer to the question. And then if I You're ask so enough right. questions, and, and- I'm no longer going to be dumb. <laughs> That's so right. And uh, John, here's the big secret that I think that no one knows is that when you ask someone a question, they immediately get excited to talk about themselves and to talk about their answer. So there are very, very few people that have ever looked down on me for asking a question. And everyone I personally know that's a mentor consultant, we love when people ask questions because this is our give back, you know, and like any trainer that comes to me and has a question, I'm like, yeah, matter of fact, as you can tell, I probably talk way too long and way too much. I'm like, whoa, I just asked a simple question. I didn't need all of that. Um, but just all of you, as far as having a fear of ask, ask, asking a question, just know that the person that you're asking the question to 99.9% love to share and would love mm. to share with you. Yes. Love that. Uh, and then I love how you mentioned the competition as well, because Here's the other thing. Everyone's sort of got their own style, their own own uniqueness, right? And if we listen to Lori here, she's positive, she's loud, she's confident, she's been the military, uh, and that's great, but that may be too much for some people. Some people may want, you know what, I need someone a bit quieter, a bit smaller, you know, a bit bit more that person there. Now, if there's just one boot camp in town and that's Lori's, it's probably not going to be the best for everyone. But if there's two boot camps, he's Lori's, which is like this, and he's Jono's, which is like this, great. You know, the people that like Lori go there, the people that like Jono go here, and then Lori can make more of herself out there. She doesn't have to think, oh, I better be a bit quiet for these people that like quiet people because they're going to go to Jono's boot camp and do that. I'm going to be 100% myself and, and like this here. So I love that. Uh, just one question with, uh, I, was, I was struggling to get my head around the, the, the business side of it now. Am I right in saying the way it works now, let's say if I was to be a, a boot camp challenge trainer in Sydney, I'd almost have my own little business and then I pay you a percent of the, the revenue. Is that how that works? It is. Uh And then in return, you receive the deliverables, which are, we have software, um, all your workouts. So I'm still the program director. So we give you all of the workouts, um, all of the marketing, all of your social media. Um, yeah. So we, we do everything for you. And then you would, you would get a percentage of that, or I would get a small percentage of that. Mm -hmm. Love it. So that's, um, anyone listening to this, watching to this, I recommend that's the best way to start. Uh, running in the boot camp game. That's how I started myself here in Sydney. Very similar model. There was a, a boot camper here in Australia, had maybe 70 different locations across Australia and New Zealand. Uh, percentage split, you know, so it was like, hey, we'll do the marketing for you. Here's all your leads. Some of them will sign up automatically, but a lot of them, you got to give them a call and, you know, tell them right. to come down and send them an email and give them a free session, yada, yada, yada. And I, I took it for granted at the time, to be honest. 
I was like, man, I feel like I'm doing all the work and I'm giving this person this percent here. But then when I went out on my own, I was like, okay, you know, that was a good deal that I had there. So I think right. it's um, all those little things, you know, and it's just, it's just so much leverage. So, um, okay. So then one, one question from there, and then I think we'll, we'll pivot a little bit and speak about online. So sounds like this was a, a really good model for, you know, for, for growing your first one up there. Now, how did it go about getting it out there to then the next? Was it just people that were asking you? You said, great, here you go. Did you screen them? How, how did it go from that one to the next one? And then I'm guessing once you've got two or three, it's, it's easy from there. But I think a big jump is, is you know, going from just yourself to the, the next couple. What was the first thing you did there? Or what's the biggest tip you could give for someone that wants to expand more than just one and have someone else running it, not me running at Sydney and then another one at Western Sydney. You know, I want to run one at Sydney. There's another one running at Melbourne. What's the number one tip you could give there? Uh, I would say on on the back end, what no one sees is have have your so have your standards of operating procedures, yeah. everything that you do, uh, written yeah. down from from you know all the way from how the front end, how do you market? How do you tell your story? How do you, and then into the back end, how do you collect payment? Where's your legal, your consent and um, health history to, um, you know, if, if you have somebody that's going to be doing your program, what do you want them to do? Are you going to create all the work workouts? If so, how do you deliver those to them? And give yourself a minute to create this. It took me six years. And again, I didn't know that that was going to be my end game, but it took me six years of learning this thing. And I kept adding. So like I said, you know, I didn't have a nutrition is a formal um, key element. And then I added that. And then I don't even think I had consent and waivers for the first year, which what was I thinking? And I was like, oh shit, we need legal. Like we got to protect ourselves. And so as I would learn these things and then grow, I was able to create a, a full model so that when so then I marketed it there was a, a magazine here in the United States and I ran my first ad and I had a little girl in New York her name's Melissa Grant she's still a licensee she was my very first one I think that was and she launched in January of 07 and she's still launching she's got trainers underneath her now um that do boot camp challenge and it was so again starting new not knowing um I'm like when I interviewed her, what was I, I didn't know when I, when she reached out from the ad, what I was going to ask. So then I created that whole thing. So, so you kind of have to have your whole package on your deliverables to your licensee or franchise or, or train that's going to work for you. And then you have to have your processes on how are you going to decide who comes in? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I ended up creating just a little personal checklist. Cause I, um, before I had the sales team, it was directly on me. And I just asked very, um, um, open questions to discern if they were really uh, had a passion for training or if they were also passionate about being an entrepreneur. Because here's the thing, if if you love training and that's your passion, I would say work for someone else. You you said the same thing. You're like, you're thinking, why am I giving 40% or 50% to this person until you have to go run it yourself? So if training is your jam, and when I used to present workshops and people, I 
also uh, presented to personal trainers. And I said, if you want to open a facility, if you want to be a licensor or a license, a licensor or a franchisor, make sure that you love business, mm. some simulants of what that is, because you're going to spend the majority of your time on the business side and a, a smaller chunk of your time on the training time. Now, and if you love training the best, you know, don't be the number one, be the number four or five, you know, you don't have to, and then have somebody else be creating all the business and how are we going to accept credit cards and what are the fees and who's the accountant and who pays the attorney, all of that stuff. And you just get to do the training. So I would definitely say that too, is that when you decide to make this move, all of you listening, if you deciding if how you want to grow, you need self-awareness, take a minute and, and take a step and say, you know, do I love training more? Or do I really want to be a business owner? Do I really want to be an entrepreneur? Cause I'm going to tell you the truth that people don't tell you it's hard AF. Mm -hmm. And for me, I couldn't live my life any other way. Like I breathe, I, I, you know, and I live and I didn't know it at the time to birth boot camp challenge and now to spread it all over the world. Like every, I want every human that wants a full on wellness program to have an opportunity to do bootcamp chat, which is why we created an app. We have over a million downloads. So start with self-awareness. This is a very long answer to your question. Dana. Start with self-awareness. Do you really want to be a business owner? And then if so, create your product and take your time. Do not rush. You have plenty of time. I promise. Look at me. I've been here for a hundred years. You got plenty of time. So create your SOP. So you have your deliverables and then um, you also have to decide, oh, I forgot. You have to decide your model. Again, do you want to be a franchisor? Do you want to be a licensor? Uh, and get an attorney. Get And actually, I said this on a podcast with Wellness Living. Start with a great attorney. Always just. And if you can find a family member to do it for free or he'll do a, you know, um, a trade out for training, do it because they're expensive AF. But you have to have the good legal foundation of your organization. Um, and especially if you want to grow. And then... Um, figure out how you're going to, once you decide your entity, then how do you want to bring on people? And once I got my first one, you're right, Jono. So she, I ran an ad and then from her, she brought me three more. And then from those three got more. And then I also presented on the circuits and then was able to get trainers through there. Did that answer your question, Jono? Yes, that was awesome. I'll give a quick summary for, for people listening. So Simplified version, even let's call it, uh, so Laurie calls it the, the SOPs, even even it could be said as systems, right? If you're going yes, to bring yes, someone on board, yes. you know, he's a, and I've learned this both from, from hiring trainers and just from hiring staff members. Sometimes I assume what's in my head, everyone knows, you know, where it's like, great, yep, all you got to do, it's easy to get clients, just, you know, just use Instagram, go and use Instagram. But when I say go and use Instagram, that what does that mean? You know, it's like, I need to say, Hey, you know, do X amount of posts a day, X amount of stories. Here's a thing that works well in stories. Here's a thing that works well in posts. Make sure you have like, and that's just one thing, Instagram, you know, like all over your business, you, you want to have these things here because just because you know, it doesn't mean the people you hire know it. And they probably don't. That's why they're working for you. If they knew exactly. it, they would go and do it themselves, you know? So you need to have that, that there, which is important. And then you, you, you mentioned the entrepreneur versus employee, which I think it is such a big question. So I'll try and streamline it. Firstly, it's yourself, right? What do you want to be? Do you want to be an entrepreneur or do you want to be just a good trainer? Both are fine. There's no, there's no right or wrong, right? But know which one you want to be. If you want to be a, an entrepreneur, run a successful business, 
you got to study business more than you do fitness probably and then hire people to do the fitness side of things. If you don't want to do that, totally cool. But then right. it may not be the best idea to open your own business, right? Okay, cool. How right. can I, what's my other strategy to, to get a job and, you know, to make fitness my full thing without having to worry about all that sort of stuff there. And then when hiring, it's probably the sim- similar thing as well. And I've learned this both ways too. Let's say, let's use that. Let's, let's say I'm running two in Sydney. Right. I could either be like, all right, cool. You know, I've got my own boot camp. I'm running that. I'm going to open up another boot camp across town. Now, I've got a few different ways I can do it. Right. I can either just hire a trainer to run the sessions and say, hey, I'm going to hire someone who's not a business person, not an entrepreneur. They just want to go and, and run a really, really good session, have some fun, and let someone else do all the sales and marketing and that side of things. That's one way I can go. And if I was doing that, I want to make sure I hire an employee type person right? That, yes. that, that just wants to run that good session and doesn't want to do the business side of things because then it will get tricky. If they want to do the business side of things, they might, right. you know, they might, um, you know, want to open up their own thing and then that could get messy. And I know we, yes. we're not scared of competition, but it's just a bit messier, right? Yes. Uh, whereas I could go the other, if, it, if I could go the other way and be like, right, you get, you know, um, 60% of all pro or whatever it is, you get 60% of everything. I get 40. This is what I do. This is what you do. I'm going to do some of the marketing, but Hey, if you want to go and, and sell and market yourself, great. It's better for yeah. you. It's, it's better for me as well. So you, you want to pick there, you know, pick which model and, and pick which person, which is good. Uh, one last question here, Laurie, and then we might cut it and move to the, the online side of things. So, and I'll give you four minutes or less to answer this one, right? Okay. So what makes the perfect bootcamp program? And what I mean by that, let's say someone's currently saying, hey, look, I run a good session. You know, it's, it's I charge whatever, 10, 20 bucks a session. It's a good session. People come in, they say they love it. But that's all that person does. Just that session. What else do they need to add there to make it the perfect bootcamp program? Whether it's the training, whether it's the support, whether it's the value adds, their, their actual session is good, but what else do they need? So, Jono, is your question is how do they create a bootcamp program, like a comprehensive program? Is that your question? Yeah, but not so much just the training. So, let me think of another way. How can they get, um, how can they provide the best service possible? that's easy to sell and easy to retain clients as well. Uh, all right. So I would say if, if I have this question correct and if I'm off base, bring me back. So I would say the first is you have to have a, a true heart for your customer. You mm. really have to want to show up, be present um, on days when you don't want to um, on days when it's not glamorous. Cause a lot of times it's not, um, and, uh, and show up for them and remember that what you're doing is an act of service. So that's the first thing and get, get your head right around that. Um, then I would say to have a successful, um, community or program or workout is, uh, again, decide how you want that to be. And, my opinion, create, you have to create a community. You have to, you, if you want high retention, if you want great word of mouth, if you want the organic reaches of your program, uh, so you don't have to work so hard on the business side, then you need to create something that's great. And you have to create a great experience for your customer. And you can do that when you're with them. Um, you know, we have the accountability part, making sure that they show up, while they're there, we call it facilitate, educate, and motivate all the time and, uh, and really just provide the best experience possible for your customer. Did that answer your question, Jono? Yes. Perfect. Did okay. I hit the time limit? 
You did. You hit it right. So if you're listening on the podcast, I'm going to hit stop there, but I'm going to have a part two with Laurie, which will launch in the the next couple of days or so. Uh, So keep an eye on that. And in part two, we're going to be talking about how to run your your virtual sessions along with your your face-to-face sessions as well. I'm going to stop the recording for the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you liked this show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your fitness business, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.